Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Hey everybody, it is Stacy Heller. Welcome back. I took last week off because I was floating with the fam. So I did a replay of my episode that I had with Jessica Ross, who is a psychiatric nurse practitioner. She was talking about ADHD and the timing seemed perfect because I literally sent out the episode to a couple people that asked about it recently. And I figured back to school, parents, uh, whether it's for your kids or for yourself, like, hey, Check out the episode. Um, anyway, welcome to a live show. Uh, remember, this is a show that is all about making connections through conversation. I have found that by asking questions instead of making assumptions, I learn something. And I figure if I am able to learn something, then maybe, dear listener, you can learn something too. So thank you, of course, to everyone that listens to the show. I so appreciate it. If you like it, then not only should you put a ring on it, but in this case, you should actually just share it. That's right. Share it with folks. You can find this show as well as Don't Ask Me to Talk, the show that Eric and I do on Thursdays on uh, Kixie. You can find those wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, exciting news, we last week, because our topic was our top five favorite albums, we actually created a playlist on Spotify which was really fun. And you will be able to immediately tell which music is inspired by me and which music is inspired by Eric because Eric knows music and I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> we just have slightly different uh, tastes. Yes, we do. Yes. And so if you want to see what the uh, playlist is, uh, it's called DAMPT, D-A-M-T-T, the acronym for Don't Ask Me to Talk. And... Uh, I put in some of the songs from the albums and the musicians that Eric called out specifically, uh, but he will add some more to it. And we'll continue Absolutely. to add references yeah. when we when we talk about music. Great idea. Right? Yeah. So I, I had such a ball looking up the music that you had referenced and learning more about you through your musical choices. So that was really fun. Oh, well, so, thank you. Yeah. And remember, you can also uh, check out information about my guests and about me and the other show that we do on my Instagram account, which is called Stacy Podcast. So remember, you can call live into the show. The number is 425-373-5527. Of course, you can also text or leave a voicemail at 475-999-27. I think it's 26. I have down here 24. I'll double check that. Anyway, my guest today is Shara Grasser. So we had a conversation. Welcome, Shara. Excited to be here. Well, and we had a conversation right before we went on the air. I was like, okay, so is it like Shira, like scissors, like shears, or is it Shara, like Shara Blanket? And I love the story that you shared with me. It is Shara, like share, and tell listeners why. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Shara, like, Sunny and Cher, for real. 
Um, so the story goes, if my mom is listening, she may correct me. However, my dad was a huge Sonny and Cher fan. And being born in the early 70s, he wanted to name me Cher. And my mom was absolutely not okay with that. <laughs> so they changed the C to an S and added an R-A. So I'm S-H-E-R-R-A, Shara. I love that so much. And uh, I, I mean, what a way, what a workaround. Way to go. I know. Way to go, mom. Yeah, that was clever. And, you know, uh, your mom would not be the first person to, like, listen to the show and feel like they need to correct something. My mom does it, too. Speaking of which, <laughs> hi, mom. I owe you a phone call because she left me a voicemail last week telling me that she went to her jeweler and brought the pearls that she got from these oysters that we opened from Amazon because, you know, that's where pearls come from. And uh, anyway, I haven't called her back. So I owe you a phone call. I know that. I'm sorry. Uh, I've just been in recovery mode. So I look forward to hearing this story about the pearls. And of course, hi to Diane and hi to Lee. So here are some of my conversations and observations from the past week. So I have maybe shared with you that I am a uh, a co-host, a supporting role in a another podcast called At the Root with Greg Kuiper. And for the past couple of weeks, he has been talking about the way that we listen to people in relationships. And he's been talking about uh, our bias when we listen to people and, you know, how it impacts how we listen. And then he's been talking about this idea of being a fixer. And the past couple of weeks, I have totally been like, Okay, did my family, is this a long con? Did they stage some kind of an intervention so that we can talk about the fact that I always make it about me, that I'm always impatient listening to what you have to say so that I can hurry up and fix whatever it is that you're sharing with me, even if you're not looking for input and for ideas on how to solve for it, uh, is my constant insecurity and need to be heard showing like some slip uh, under my skirt. Like, what is the deal? And so the good thing about this particular show, and I, I highly recommend it. Uh, again, it's called At The Root. It's a podcast that you can check out. And learning uh, the last week and then uh, yesterday's show I I'm shooketh and it created some dialogue with my family where I said uh, he was describing that the fixer tends to hijack a conversation and make it about them. They think that they are uh, or we think we are being relatable and like, oh, me too. This happened to me. Let me tell you my story. However, we inadvertently hijack. And so on the show, of course, I'm trying to speak for the people. I'm doing air quotes here. But really, I'm 100% speaking for myself. And I'm like, how do we fix this? What do we do? And so one of the things that I came up with is this idea of creating like a safe word out of humor and curiosity. Like, oh, there it is. I'm doing this again. And so naturally, the idea of hijacking a conversation 
then meant that uh, I'm a terrorist. <laughs> and so I said to the kids, I was like, okay, so here's how I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn. And if I am hijacking a conversation or, you know, I'm making it about me or I'm, you know, doing these things that you do when you have this fixer mentality, then just say the word terrorist and I will know that I have somehow hijacked this. And so, um, of course, we were joking that in certain uh, venues, perhaps this is not the appropriate thing to say, Um, (laughs) you know, like if you're on a plane or at the airport or any place like that. But it's one of those family jokes. And I think the bigger lesson here is you know, Greg talks a lot about how these things that we we do, that we have, that we are, they can be changed. We can reroute our neuro pathways and go in different directions. We just need to be willing to approach it without judgment, with a healthy dose of humor and, you know, this awareness and curiosity. So my family... That's how we approach these things. Uh, the humor is definitely very heavy-handed and very often uh, inappropriate. So, uh, yeah, I love it. Well, you know, it's just it is it is what it is. Uh, so, speaking of traveling uh, internationally, since Canada has opened its borders and we have our house that is. Again, two miles as the crow flies to the Canada border. We now, when we go up there, we will travel internationally, going over the border. And I'll tell you what, anytime you go through a border crossing, when the border patrol is like, so do you have any guns? It's that weird thing where you're like, I don't think so. (laughs) And I'm like, I really, I don't. We don't have any, even at home in a locked, like, case we we were not gun people and yet somehow like these innocent questions when you're asked you're suddenly like you feel the need to confess like everything it's very bizarre so this last time when we went to canada we stopped at a grocery store uh and we got some snacks people kept talking about some of the potato chip flavors that they have in canada like the dill pickle lays potato chips Ketchup chips, apparently ketchup chips are a thing in Canada. Who knew? Uh, Some interesting cookies. So we got a bunch of snacks. And then, of course, you know, you're like, do I have to declare this? I don't know. (laughs) Like, I'm bringing leftovers from the restaurant. Do I have to declare that? So, again, Border Patrol is like, so are you bringing anything back? And I'm like, I have ketchup chips. I'm so sorry. He's like, what are you doing, lady? (laughs) So, uh I would not be a good mule for anything. Yeah. So, um, and as for the chips, the dill pickle chips are quite good. They remind me of uh, of the um, salt and vinegar potato chips a bit. Uh, The ketchup chips are hideous looking, but it's basically like you have dipped your chip into some ketchup. That sounds good. I mean, that's like fries, right? Right. Yeah. Totally. And but they're they're hideous looking. They somehow they looked like bruised potato chips. Well, like, for dill chips, Tim's Cascade, at least they used to, made the best dill chips, dill pickle chips. Interesting. So good. Yeah. 
Yeah. And our sea salt and vinegar, I think, is the best, too. Send us some chips. Well, yeah, <laughs> right? Tim's, hey, on. Tim's. Like, uh, not sponsored, but 100% would sponsor yeah. you if you sent me some chips. Not going to lie. Um, I had that thing with the um, where I was accidentally smuggling something back coming from Canada one time where I bought some Satsumas. And I didn't even think, well, that'll be a problem. And I, you know, they're like, oh, are you bringing back any like food or whatever? And I said, oh, I got some Satsuma. I said, that's fine, right? And they're like, open your trunk. I was like, right? oh, no. I, like, the things <laughs> like, that you don't think Only time of. I've run afoul of the law mm-hmm. is trying to accidentally bring Satsumas from Canada. <laughs> well, and I may or may not have, uh, I will neither confirm nor deny, I will just strongly suggest that I may have gone to England a few years ago during the summer and visited my cousin who lives on an estate there, and he is a cheesemaker. The cheese is called Stitchleton, and it's delicious. It's like a uh, blue cheese. Anyway, we totally went and saw the facility where he makes the cheese. We saw the cows that Mm -hmm. give the milk to, like, make the cheese. And then, of course, you come back through, again— Border Patrol coming back into the United States and they're like, you know, did you interact with any livestock? And meanwhile, these baby cows may or may not have totally like licked my hand and like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, livestock, that's weird. Who goes to England and interacts with livestock? So random. (laughs) Well, that was because of the mad cow uh, scare. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, again, I'll neither confirm nor deny. You didn't come clean? No, I didn't. I was like, I'm not going to jail over, like, petting a baby cow. They wouldn't have gone to jail. They would have swabbed you or whatever, and it would have been fine. I don't know that. Nobody's throwing you in jail for petting a cow. Well, I'm just saying it may or may not have happened. Uh, Okay, now, my last thing that I will tell you about last week is... While we're floating on the lake, we noticed a fish. No, that's not surprising. There's fish in the lake. Big deal. Except that the fish was dead. It was, we were like swimming with the fishes. And then we started to notice more and more. And so, of course, we did research. And it turns out that Lake Soyos, which is where we are, they, it's a part of the migratory pattern of salmon. Mm -hmm. Who knew? There's salmon in their lake, and they were uh, dead salmon that were out on the lake like 40 or 50 a day. And so we were truly swimming with the fishes. And I will tell you, it's a little unnerving to, you know, like you're trying to float and mind your own business, and you have to look (laughs) over your shoulder for a salmon. Dead fish floating next to you. Exactly. And you can't eat them because they've released toxins and they're no longer good and whatever. Uh, But that was quite a sight to see. Mm. So the lesson there for me uh, was, hey, there's salmon in the lake. Who knew? Um, Okay. My stasiism. So really it just goes back to the story that I told earlier about the phrase that my family and I came up with. Uh, Just this idea of approaching change, if you notice something about yourself, approaching that change with your loved ones and trusted family members, coworkers, whomever it is, um, something that is, again, no judgment, curiosity, some humor, uh, you know, so my family calling me a terrorist, I know what that means. I don't have to get into it with them and I can self-correct 
and uh, change my direction. And so, um, you know, have some when you have self-awareness, have some humor as well. So there you go. That's my Stacyism for today. Uh, with that, Eric, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll chat with Shara Grasser. We'll be right back. Looking to reconnect with your partner, spouse, kids, or self? When the disconnect seemingly has been there for a lifetime and is impacting your relationships, it's difficult to determine how and where to start. But At the Root with Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling is the perfect first step. Throughout each episode, Greg talks about establishing emotional connection with ourselves and others. He offers experience, advice, explanation, and resources to listeners. You can find past episodes on his website, KuyperCounseling.com, or through his YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuyper. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture, or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. So if you were listening from the top of the show, uh, then you know that I candidly shared that I have a tendency to be somebody who hijacks things. So I am going to work really hard today on not hijacking uh, the conversation that I have with Shara Grasser. Now, Shara, I got to know through, I think it was through Dan Perdue, and he was like, you need to meet this woman, the work that she does. And Shara, you and I had a an email exchange that it was like, love it first, send. Absolutely. Yeah. And so just so listeners know, uh, the work that Shara does, she is a youth empowerment coach. She's also a speaker. And then she's also somebody who is a facilitator that is coaching other coaches and she also goes into companies and as she says she's not just trying to empower the little people she's trying to empower the big people with the skills that will in turn empower the little people it's it's an important it's an important thing i mean i i literally have at the top of my show notes uh she believes the children are the future Ooh, don't, doesn't that just make you want to break out in song? 100%. Yes. 100%. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not a share song, but maybe there's a cover no. of Cher doing it. But, you know. Um, so explain what that means in terms of being a youth empowerment coach and and how you got there. Oh, Absolutely. Because it's always so interesting answering that question. So basically, honestly, as a youth empowerment coach, I'm really holding space for hard conversations with our kiddos. 
I work with ages 11 through young adult when I'm working in my one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one practice or small groups with youth or in the schools even. And it's really about creating that safe space, Stacy, to just have the real conversations, you know, and, and not judge them and not throw my own opinions or beliefs in there, but to make it safe so that we can help guide and nurture them through the pressures that they have. Um, you know, and, and it's powerful. I love it. I absolutely love it. It fires me up. I truly, truly believe it's, it's, our kids want want and need to be seen. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, and it gives them to space so much. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm, I may be hijacking. However, I will say a lot that I never met an elephant in a room that I didn't want to befriend or talk to. And uh, my friend, who also happens to be a psychiatrist, suggested that that's because I felt like an elephant myself that I felt mm -hmm. like I was unseen and unheard. And, yep. you know, not through any fault of anybody except that I apparently had a lot to say, as evidenced by these shows that I do. And and not everybody has the patience to listen. And so that need to be seen and heard and the fact that you're creating a safe space, it's so important because so many adults or so many kids don't have adults and mentors in their life that are creating that space. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I always, one of the first questions I always ask my kiddos when I'm in a conversation with them and just starting the work with them is who are your top three safe adults? Because we can't assume that's a parent mm -hmm. or a grandparent or a family member. And it really puts them into a process who who are those people and what does safe mean yeah right it's a whole nother conversation because what's safe to you and i may not be the same definition to a to a 12 year old so true and so it, it is really true and so it opens up then this whole conversation this whole dynamic about what does that look like and and then, and then it's a lot time, times easier to move into identifying who those safe people are. Yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, the work that you do, it's, it's not even just for, you know, the underserved kids or for young women. I mean, I think about no matter what demographic young people are, are from in terms of, um, you know, socioeconomic, educational mm -hmm. opportunities, all of these things, you know, every kid, as you're talking about the whole safe thing, you know, for some, it may mean literally where they feel physically safe and away from their dysfunctional family or away from their environment that is, you know, violent in some way um, or their surroundings or safe may be the I'm I need to feel heard. And, you know, I can talk to you about some of the stuff that I'm going through or safe could mean, um, you know, I I just I don't have to perform. I don't have to be that perfect person. I can, yeah. you know, be whatever. And so you're right. It's it yeah. really that definition becomes so fluid for these preteens into teens. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And you know, I, it's, you, you put me into a little bit of a process myself sharing your experience about the fixer mm-hmm. and then what the fixer typically can look like as a hijacker. And I resonate with that greatly, greatly. And, mm-hmm. you know, being the kid who was always told to be quiet, had every report ca- or card I believe says talks too much, excessively talkative. I had my ears tested three times because they thought maybe I was hard of hearing because I was loud. I'm telling you, my hearing is perfect. So then they would just move me and put me by the teacher. And by God, I would just talk to the teacher. Right. And befriend them, by the way. (laughs) Oh, yes. And then the teachers, you know, we got the parent conference and they're like, I don't know what to do with this kid. She talks to me now. I can't even move her from her peers. It's so they're, you know. It, it just ha- you put me into a whole process around that because my story is very similar to yours. And though we're not hijackers per se, we know that there's also power in storytelling. Right. There's an appropriate place for it. So yes. And how many others are out there, Stacey, that are just like us? And how many kiddos in our world are the kiddos we were? And that's the thing that you and I so immediately were drawn to each other about is, you know, uh, as cheesy as it is. I mean, kids are the future. And for kids not to have the opportunity to go through all the fits and starts of learning how to be who they are. And I was having a conversation with one of my kids this week. And, you know, I said, do you believe us yet that really we just want you to be happy and we don't care what it looks like? And she shared uh, that, you know, she said, I really started to believe it when we went through the college process and you and dad really didn't make any suggestions about where I was to go to school or which school I was going to choose. You know, you you were like, all right, you want to go see that one? You want to go see that one? Um, you know, she said, I started to see it more. And the older you get, you know, you see it. And parents forget to ask their kids what makes them happy. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I'm a parent, too, Mm -hmm. of a 26 and 23-year-old. And you're never done parenting. It just looks different, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so we're out of school. I mean, the K through 12. I have one that's in college still. But It does look so different, but what I love about that, Stacey, it just, I had a conversation with a mom today and it was around concerns around dating and, and mind you, I'm not a parent coach, right? I'm, I coach youth and so, you know, and, and I coach this mama's kiddo. And so she wanted to share with me some things that were up for their family right now. And it's around dating. And she, she said, do I just tell her we don't allow dating till she's a certain age because she just is all about being in a relationship. And I have to take a big breath because as a parent, you want to be like, yes, you can't date till you're 16 and, and then want to believe it's never going to happen. Well, I'm here to tell you 
Well, it's going to happen. You're just not going to be told about it. Right. I mean, like kids never met a line in the sand they didn't want to cross. Right. I mean, I'm kind of that adult sometimes still. <laughs> right. Let's be real. Right. So I I said to her, um, I, I shared some insight. And then I said, what about this? What about bringing your kiddo into the conversation and sharing I'm really not comfortable with you dating and I know you want to. So let's talk about what that looks like because dating for a 13 year old can look very dating different than dating for a 51 year old. Not that mom's 51, but I am right. Like what I vision dating looking like is going to be very different. And I said, how about you just start with that conversation? Find out where she is mentally, emotionally, physically around that word. What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Then you have a conversation. Then you know where there needs to be boundaries set and or a plan. Right. It's Bring the kiddo, empower them, bring them, don't into the conversation. They want to talk about it. I, I don't care what it is. They can shake their head and get, oh, mom, oh, dad, oh, grandma, all day long. Gross. I don't want to talk about it. Ew. I'm telling you what, if you're not talking about it with them, Google's talking about it with them. Oh, absolutely. they're friends. And by the way, like, methinks they doth protest too much. Like, you know, (laughs) kids absolutely want to talk about it. And, you know, this makes me think about, you know, I remember when I was in high school and I was dating this guy and, you know, my parents talked about, you know, why he wouldn't be a suitable husband. And I'm like, married. Like, I'm just dating the guy. And what parents do is we project into the Mm -hmm. future about, you know, is this person the right person? And dare I ask the question, like, isn't it okay for a kid to, like, figure out who's Mr. or Miss right now? And I used to use the analogy of um, crossing like a, a a stream with the kids. And I'm like, here's the deal. You're crossing the stream. You're getting to the other side to figure out who maybe your significant other is. And there's all these little rocks and some of them are, you know, big and you can hang out for a while and it's steady and it's good. And you're mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't really feel like I need to go any further. And but it turns out you probably do. Some of them are, you know, a little slimy and covered in moss and they're slippery and you're going to trip on them. And, you know, some are more supportive than you think. And, you know, there's just there's all these different stepping stones that help you get across this this whole thing. And each one, though, is a stepping stone towards this this end goal. And so to not have a conversation, I love what you're saying about you know, you're making some assumptions there, mom, that, you know, this child is potentially thinking about all of these aspects of a more adult relationship in terms of physical intimacy, emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it may just mean I want to go on a group date with a thousand of my closest friends to the mall where we basically ignore each other and like, you know, walk side by side ish. Absolutely. I mean, we don't know. It is all made on assumptions. And when we're living in assumption, we start to make up a story. And then we play that story, 
you know, as parents and caregivers and even educators and even coaches, I can do this if we're not staying really present. Um, we we play in the story and we have this and then we we live in fear because the story is usually not, you know, not very supportive. So we have to stop that story by stepping into a conversation and asking the hard questions. Mm-hmm. It, and sometimes they are hard questions because that makes you as a parent or a caregiver even a little uncomfortable. Sure. Well, and this this also brings to mind, uh, I adore my husband. He's great. My mom would tell you that he's a saint. Uh I would disagree. Um, But, you know, what's interesting is that I am the go-to parent for, you know, a lot of the heavy lifting conversations. And, Mm. you know, and that's fine. I, you know, love to talk, love the sound of my own voice, you know, happy to share advice. Uh, I'm an open door. And yet there's a part of me that is like, if kids had, uh, it doesn't have to be necessarily a male role model. However, that person that is, you know, I wish that my husband had had conversations with our daughters about what they should look for in a significant other, what their value is, uh, what Mm -hmm. they are worthy of and who they are, uh, or conversations with our sons about how to treat a woman or whatever it is. And parents shy away from these touchy-feely conversations and it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. I yes, it is. It is. And and it goes back to if we're not having those conversations, they're learning about these things from their friends or online. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think your kid has social media, but you know their friends do, they have social media also. Oh, yeah. And and the thing is, uh, you know, I learned luckily uh, early with our oldest, you know, she came home one day distraught on the bus that she was being teased, that she was not as uh, savvy on the topic of sex. And so she was like, you know, they're teasing me because I don't know what this thing is. And... The thing that she referenced uh, was off by a couple numbers, and it. I wanted to chuckle and be like, okay, interesting where they're getting their information. Like, that's not a thing. Right. And instead, I held it together and I said, I don't think that's a thing, but maybe it is. Let me look it up, and I'm going to see if this is something that I'm unaware of. And so took it very seriously and answered the question and then said, nope, it's not a thing. Uh, your friends wow. actually don't have the information. And let me tell you what this is and what it means. And really only needed to tell her some of the information. Then it was like, OK, I get it. And, right. you know, you don't have to push it all. She wasn't ready to hear all of it. She just needed to know the truth. And kids... Right they sense when you're telling them the truth. So, Oh, they, and they sense when you're not telling them the truth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So there's two really big things, Stacey, that I just heard in that, that I think are worth sharing. One is we don't have to know everything 
as the big people in our little people's world, it's okay to say, I don't know, let's figure it out together. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is vulnerability in that. And our kids, we are modeling for our kids yep. that it's okay to not have all the answers and to ask for help in getting them. So I love that. Like, let's go look at that, this together. Let's figure it out. I'm yep. going to help you with this. The other thing is that's really important is we to talk to the age or the mental level, our emotional level, our kids are at. Mm-hmm. We don't have to give them every flip in detail. They mm-hmm. don't need to know. It's overwhelming. And there's when there's a lack of understanding, I don't always feel like then we've answered their questions. No. They're still going to seek it in a way that they understand it or they're going to believe what's not truth. So two really big, key, great reminders for all of us big people in, in the little people world. Well, and, you know, the second one reminds me of when the movie Grease came out. I think it came out in 77 or 78. So I was seven or eight. And I saw the movie and I think, you know, my parents were horrified that, you know, I'm running around singing these songs and I had no idea what I'm singing about. And the thing is, I had no idea what I was singing about. And if they had made a big deal out of it, then it would have ruined it for me and... You know, I would later watch the movie as a preteen and I'm like, wait, Rizzo thought she was pregnant? Like I had no idea what was going on in the movie because that was not where I was on an emotional level. I just knew that they were catchy tunes and there was the, you know, the cute girl and the cute boy. And, you know, like I was watching it at a very basic level. And, you know, so sometimes you know, you don't mean to, but you end up leading the horse to water and you're forcing them to drink. And they're like, I'm not really thirsty. I don't understand this. Right. Yeah. And it's, and I will tell you, and I am, was not a perfect parent. I'm not a perfect parent. I'm not a perfect coach. So disclaimer (laughs) right there. However, I do feel that is still the same with music for our youth today. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we really dig into lyrics, there are some really not great lyrics. Um, However, if you ask the kids about it, instead of assume that they're really in it for the lyrics, a lot of times they don't even know what they're saying. They know a few words. It's more about the rhythm and the beat and and maybe the artist even. Right. Um, But you're right. They're not really into what it means. Right. And, you know, we uh, we were actually talking about this last week while we were hanging out as a, a family and the songs that the kids would listen to. And, you know, they're like learned later on, like, Ugh. Um, but, you know, like <laughs> they, you know, the kids would I never did the uh, the sanitized version. You know, I didn't do like kids bop and all of that kind of thing. The kids just self-edited. You know, they wouldn't say the words. And it's funny because to this day, they'll listen to a song and, you know, they will completely bleep out the words. And it's as if it's part of the words for them because it's how they grew up. And they just sort of knew. You know, I was like, it's it's how an artist expresses themselves. You know, Picasso used blue 
And apparently Eminem is going to use profanity. And, you know, and so having the truth that's told and that doesn't mean and I think this goes back to your conversation with the mom earlier today. It doesn't mean that you don't get to have your family's moral compass and the things that you believe in as a family. Absolutely. Like you can 100 percent have those things and, you know, have what your family's beliefs are and standards and and the conversations. However, you know, uh, the more you say just unequivocally no to something without any kind of dialogue, the more your kids are going to be like, well, now I'm going to do it. Now I want it. Right. I mean, it's exactly true. I, you know, I think one of the best tools, and and this isn't just for parents, this is for any of us that have any interaction with kids, uh, teens, tweens, young adults, get curious, get curious. Mm -hmm. We don't have all the answers. Oh yeah. That's why I love my job. I don't have to have the answers. I don't believe that anyone I work with needs fixed. They have everything they need within them. They just don't know how to get to it without somebody nurturing and guiding them and being curious and asking them all the things. I love that. Let's take a break right here because when we come back, then I can ask you what all of this looks like before we run out of time completely agreeing on this topic. So keep listening to Stacey Connects. Again, my guest today is Shara Grasser. We'll be right back. Stacy Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Too many relationships are adversely affected by wounds from our past. Lack of connection, unhappiness, shame, and regret are just some of the fallouts we experience when we choose to avoid addressing those wounds. Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling is a psychotherapist committed to reestablishing connection with self to create greater connection with others. His work with teens, individuals, couples, and those struggling with substance use. If you struggle with old wounds or unhealthy narratives, get to the root of them in yourself by contacting Greg Kuyper at KuyperCounseling.com. That's KuyperCounseling.com. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. My guest today is Shara Grasser. So we have been talking about the work that you do empowering kids and how important it is for them to have a a safe and soft place to land. So you mentioned that you do one-on-one coaching with kids. So how do people like, you know, find you? I don't mean like social media. I'll give you an opportunity to share all of that. <laughs> I just mean, you know, uh, 
how are people finding you and how can we clone you so that there is one of you at every, you know, school PTA meeting, resource center, uh, you know, youth organization, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Yeah. And I know that's part of your coaching um, and facilitating programs for other coaches. So tell me a little bit more about that. So, oh God, and what a dream. Like it gives me goosebumps. I, I, I want more people out doing this work. So I love this question. So, you know, a lot of how people find me, honestly, Stacy, is word of mouth. So okay. th- find me specifically. However, um, you know, I do. I work for, I'll just drop the name, Seattle Life Coach Training. We're a virtual, um, real-time instructor-guided program. And it's a program that supports anyone around personal, professional, spiritual development simultaneously. You get to walk away with a certificate from the training and you get to bring in your wisdom, your own experiences and the program and take it out into the world where you're most passionate, What's where you're purposeful. And so when I stepped into the program, you know, I was going to just coach anybody. I was so excited to get out and be with the people and just do the work. And I'll tell you, youth empowerment coaching found me. Mm-hmm. I, I just was really open to what the universe would bring me. I was crying. I, every, I mean, in every prayer I was putting out there was, I just need my people. I want to serve. Like I have all this energy, love, compassion. I didn't know really what it looked like. Mm -hmm. And then families started to call me, Shara, we need your help. We need you in our village. What can you do? And it wasn't like, well, let's work with mom and dad. It was like, let me sit with your kiddo. Mm -hmm. Let me sit with your kiddo. And then I would reflect back on looking at my own, you know, past raising my kids. And when, when they were in high school and we had an open door, you know, the kids that were not fully accepted at home for whatever it was, Mm -hmm. you know, I hadn't come here. I was the one sitting on the deck, super curious, asking the questions, tell me more, teach me. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, it's that ripple effect. Now I'm doing that for the world. Yep. It's so important. And I I was that way for three of the four kids. Our youngest, uh, you know, he has other places that he goes and that's totally fine. He mm-hmm. wants to do things his own way and find his own people. And I yep. love it when, you know, other moms and dads send me pictures of all of them hanging out together. And, you know, and that just makes me happy that they have a place to go and and they do hang out at our house and whatever. Not the not to the degree that the other kids did. And I mean, I had the opportunity to teach our son, who's now 23 and three or four mm-hmm. of his friends how to put a condom on a banana. And the fact yeah. that the parents were like, great, you do it. I mean, that's something that I'm like, I'm going to ask permission for this because this is a big conversation. And the parents were like, great, you do it. That's fine. (laughs) And luckily it was somebody that, you know, talked to the kids about the whole experience. And for as, as many giggles as there were, you know, there was also like real information. Like, is this thing going to break? I'm like, go fill it up with water, see how much it can hold. You know, the silly questions that they 
they have was still questions that they had. And they had an opportunity to have them answered honestly and real talk. And that meant a lot to them. And it meant a lot to the parents. And so not every parent is comfortable having the conversation. Not every kid has a parent to have the conversation. Exactly. You know, and so the fact that you're you're doing this work and again, it's the it's the whole truth thing, you know, just, you know, those same kids as they got older and they started being curious about things. I'm like, here's the deal. I'll always be a soft place for you to land. However, you're not welcome to drink here and you're not welcome to smoke pot or do drugs here. You know, basically, uh, don't poop where you eat. You know, it's like. This is a place where you're welcome. And for a while, they didn't hang out as much. And then they would ultimately come back and, you know, it was like, okay, we appreciated that, you know, you're teaching us how to use a fork, how to eat an artichoke, you know, how to do these basic life skills that, you know, turns out some of this stuff is important. Yeah. And by setting those boundaries within your own home, you provided them a safe place. That's why they came back. Because they had to branch out and realize, oh, it's not all safe out here, mm-hmm. but I know where I can come back to. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So it's a lot of, it sounds like it's a lot of word of mouth and uh, the facilitating that you do and the speaking events that you do, is it yes. about this very topic of empowering kids and the fact that, hey, uh, parents, coaches, mentors, uh, like you know, teachers, all of you people out there, you know, you need to tread lightly with these kids. Well, yes. And one of my biggest turning points was listening to one of my most favorite mentors. She's a child psychologist who doesn't like kids, Dr. Jody Carrington. Oh my God. <laughs> out of Canada. But so she works with the adults and she has a quote that says, If our big people are not okay, our little people don't stand a chance. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, it hit me like a gut punch. And I thought, especially during our COVID times, who the heck is taking care of our big people? Mm -hmm. We throw our kids in school for up to eight hours a day or daycares for sometimes 10 Who is really taking care and providing space for these big people that are holding our little people and everything that comes with holding our little people? So I will get in there with organizations and teams, and I just did a big one um, for Head Start, you know, with their team to kick off the school year. And it was really about, it was a communication training, but really about connection, Stacy, mm-hmm. and how connecting looks. And for some of us, we have to do it differently mm-hmm. because COVID took away a lot. And for some of us, it gave us a lot as well, but we're, we're all in a place of doing things very differently and connecting can look very differently. However, it goes back to that core human basic need that we all have. We're born with it and it's to be seen. Yep. Absolutely. And what does that look like? And what does that feel like? And how do we do it right? I love it. Your uh, The quote from your child psychiatrist uh, reminds me of 
something that I learned from Greg Kuyper's show at The Root that I had mentioned earlier in the show. Oh, I can't wait to look at that. He says, uh, when little people are overwhelmed with big feelings, it's the job of the big people around them to stay calm, not join the chaos. Amen. And, you know, and that's exactly what this is, because, you know, through no fault of their own, uh, without any trauma occurring just by virtue of having hormones and insecurities and being human, uh, that is chaos. You know, these years are chaos for kids. And so they need somebody that uh, will help them with the overwhelm and not join the chaos. And sometimes parents Mm -hmm. inadvertently do it. And so to have somebody like yourself, uh, you know, not only working with the kids, but also being an advocate that others work with the kids and hear them is huge. Um, I, I'm i telling you, I'm going to like, I'm going to get you right back on this show. Uh, I do <laughs> want to make sure that you have an opportunity, though, to share if you have a website or if you have social media, share with listeners how they can learn more about you and the work that you do. Awesome. So, Yes, you can find me on social media and my website. So my website, you can go at it. Well, I'll just two ways. You can go at it. My name, sharagrasser.com or mepowerment.com. And that's M-E, no, me, M-E-P-O-W-E-R-M-E-N-T.org mepowerment.org. Mepowerment is the name of my program, Stacy. It's youth empowerment from the inside out. And so that will take you to my website and share you with anybody a little bit about the work that I do in the world. I'm on Facebook. It's Shara Grasser Youth Empowerment Coach. And then Instagram, I'm Coach Shara. Love it. And Shara, for people that are listening, is spelled S-H-E-R-R-A. Even though yes. it's said, Shara, uh, you know, like the singer, um, that was the little trick that her mom and dad did, some yeah. like a little variation. Um, I, it's such an important conversation. You and I, as I said, it was, you know, love at first email exchange because this is something that I am constantly collecting kids and, you know, asking them the questions. There's a young man, actually, that I know that has sat. He's a a friend of a friend of a friend. And he sat at our kitchen counter. He played football for WSU. He's now actually playing or not even playing. He's in the WWE. His uh, name is Lucian Price. And, you know, this is a young man who sat at my counter and talked about dealing with anxiety as a young man, as, you know, a perceived like, oh, it's he's an athlete, uh, somebody who is part of the um, like somebody who's um, part of the BIPOC community. And, you know, sharing these kinds of things that there's not that safe place to have the conversation. And so while everyone else is like, oh, man, he's blowing up and, you know, WWE, I'm like. How are you dealing with your anxiety? Are you good? And, you know, those are the questions that I want to make sure uh, that he's being asked so that he continues to have that safe place to land. Because no matter how old we get and how seemingly powerful we are, we are still that child at our core. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. 
Thank so, you for thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. And I just, you know, the work that you do as a youth empowerment coach is just it is crazy valuable. And so I definitely encourage people to check out Shara's website. Again, you can yeah. go to sharagrasser.com or you can go to meempowerment.org and yeah. learn more about what she does. And thank you for being my guest. Oh, Stacy! thank you for making this happen. Absolutely. Of course, we're out of time. I'm so grateful. thank you to you. Thank you to Eric, as always. And I am going to get you back on the show sooner than later. So listeners, look out for that. In the meantime, everyone, stay connected. <laughs>